Hello, uh, Devi Dose Faithful. You're probably uh, a little surprised to to see me and uh, a certain EK missing, but uh, I am the guest host tonight, uh, Jacob. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Devi Jake. And I'm joined by college football force, Ethan Sowers. At Ethan Sowers is where you can find him on uh, at Twitter. Uh, Ethan's a contributor for campus2camp.com. Uh, Ethan, you got anything else you'd like to plug for us? Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, with off-season going around, uh, Campus Canton's working on their uh, guides right now, and we're, we're working away on the CFS guide right now. Um, the uh, CFS guide should drop right around 4th of July weekend, but we're putting in the hours and uh, getting things kicked off so that uh, a little later on down the road when everybody, uh, non-degenerates, are, are looking to jump in some best balls and some CFF leagues, we can uh, provide some help and some uh, assistance there. So definitely looking forward for that to uh, uh, launch. Help and assistance is a, a, an understatement there. You guys have a a dream team uh, that you guys, uh, you know, are even adding to as recently as today. Uh, but uh, I've, I've been been a, a subscriber for, for years now, and I know that that, that guide helped me last year uh, in a number of leagues and cannot wait to see, you know, what you, Jared, Nate, uh, you know, everyone over there are able to come up with yeah. uh, all, all exciting stuff. For sure, it's it's an exciting time to uh, to be on the team. So, we're uh, we're we're loving all the the content that is is rushing out the door. So, awesome. Well, speaking of content, we've got a, a nice show for you guys here today. Uh, I know we typically take more of a, a Devi lens uh, here at the Devi Dose, uh, but with EK away, uh, the CFF Dgens will play, and uh, we're actually here to talk about some. Uh, some early wide receiver values for, for CFF best ball drafts. And, uh, you know, these people are also going to be uh, valuable uh, in your, your your campus of Canton leagues uh, for your college side. Uh, you know, these are the, the late producers that you're, you're going to get that are going to help you, uh, you know, secure that college side title. Um, so with that being said, Ethan, would you like to kick us off with a, a wide receiver that you think is going under the radar and being underdrafted so far in the early uh, draft season? Yeah, for sure. So just to give some context, I know that you had uh, mentioned that we were looking, you know, kind of after that that 20th round in these uh, CFF best balls that we were looking at. So um, just so everybody's on the same page here, that's kind of the criteria that, that I was, I was taking and, and looking for. Uh, the first guy that really jumped in my mind was Jojo Earl, uh, transfer to TCU, uh, obviously former Alabama, uh, Crimson Tide receiver. Um, just the, the big things on him, you know, he's, he's got the pedigree, man. He is definitely one of the highest rated wide receivers to play at TCU. Um, and he's coming home to Fort Worth. He, he's a, an Alito prospect. Alito's a Texas high school football powerhouse uh, here in Texas. Um, and really um, excited to see what he can do in that Sunny Dykes offense. Uh, obviously, last year we saw, you know, Darius Davis and, um, and Tay Barber um, were the, the guys that were the, the speedy options to complement Quentin Johnston. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they're able to do with Jojo because honestly, man, like he's, 
really of the same ilk as these guys. He's he's a speedy uh, receiver. I think he's he's coming in at like 5'9", 170, something around there. Um, and so he's going to be the kind of guy I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, on uh, special teams, getting some return action in. Um, but he's the kind of guy who can really just fill the spot that uh, Sonny Dykes likes to use with those speedy uh, possession receivers um, that are able to, um, you know, make plays and, and pick up some yaks. So um, just for, for uh, the audience here to, to understand the, the holes that's left behind from this offense. So this offense threw for nearly 4,000 yards last year, uh, and they lose all three of their top receivers. So uh, Johnston, Darius Davis, Tay Barber, all of them gone. They accounted for more than half, 56.3% of those nearly 4,000 passing yards. So, uh, I mean, Earl has a great opportunity to jump in and should be, I think, a, a target monster for Chandler Morris and this uh, this offense. But, uh, you know, they've, they've got some, uh, some receivers and some mouths to feed on that roster. Um, so I, I understand that, and I, I kind of see why uh, some people might be scared off. I was looking at their roster earlier, and they have 23 receivers on their spring roster. <laughs> uh, Jalen Robinson uh, transferred in, uh, former uh, UCS guy. Uh, JP Richardson from Oklahoma State. Jack Beck from LSU, uh, all transferring in. Uh, Jalen Robinson, he was at Ole Miss last year, was it? Yeah, yeah, he uh, – I, I know there there was originally talk of him going to Oklahoma following Lebby because he was familiar with Lebby, but uh, he did go to, to Ole Miss, and, I mean, it was quiet from him last year. I don't really remember hearing anything about him. Yeah, I agree. He had uh, – I think he was even hurt two years ago at UCF, but when he – before getting hurt, uh, he was a monster, and I was excited, really excited about him yeah. going to Ole Miss, uh, and then, you know, he kind of did nothing last year. Uh so yeah, I didn't didn't realize he saw eligibility. That's awesome that uh, that he's somewhere with you know so much up for grabs as well. Uh, yeah, Completely. love the JoJo think... Earl shout out though. That's awesome. Uh, I think it's a talent yeah. from a talent perspective. I don't think there's anyone on that uh, TCU in that TCU wide receiver room. You know, even twenty three deep that uh, can can touch what what JoJo Earl brings to the table from a talent perspective. Uh, you know, there's questions of why he wasn't able to, to maybe separate himself uh, in the pecking order at Alabama. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know what the, the, the truth or the, the right answer is, but uh, I'm excited for him to get a fresh start. And it's, it's hard to deny that, you know, he's a, a super talented wide receiver and I've still got a lot of, uh, you know, I, I roster him in a lot of places. Uh, oh, yeah. And it, you know, never was able to 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 to, to part ways, and now I'm, I'm glad that a, a new opportunity has presented itself. For sure, yeah, and and coming, I mean, anytime a, you see a receiver or a, a player come home, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's a good get right spot for him. You know, maybe they they had a few he had a few years to enjoy that that uh, national spotlight at Bama and. I mean, we say maybe it's it's not quite the same spotlight at TCU, but I mean, they they, they could challenge Sonny Dykes. He's turning them around, man. Been to the playoffs more recently than Bama. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'm excited about it. I mean, obviously, you've still got Jordan Hudson, Sabian Williams, DJ Allen there. 
DJ Allen, another guy who disappointed me last year. I was, I was very high on him, but um, yeah, he, he, it'll he was be blue chip, right? Yeah. And, that, yeah but, and they had the, I like their incoming freshman. I think he's already hurt, uh, which is very disappointing. Uh, Cordell Russell. Russell. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. exciting. Uh, and I think he's definitely a name to, to keep tabs on uh, in the Hopefully future sure. as well. Yeah, so I, I think early we'll see Earl and Robinson kind of handle that Darius Davis, Tay Barber, uh, you know, more speedy guys. And hopefully Jordan Hudson uh, gets that, that QJ treatment. So it, it's definitely something exciting to watch. Yeah, and Hudson's, I think, basically going undrafted uh, for the most part as well. Uh, and is a, a definitely at least someone to keep tabs on uh, going forward uh, when you're making your potential waiver wireless for your C2C leagues. Um, and I think you bring up a great point about uh, the vacated uh, production. I think, you know, in NFL, when the, the argument doesn't hold water, like, oh, this wide receiver left, so now there's all this production up for grabs. It, it rarely works out like that. But in college, I think it's a – a different beast there. These players are products of a system yeah. a lot of times and the system, you know, works uh, and sure. they are going to have to, ha you know, maybe they don't have the built in ceiling as the, the person who they're filling in for, but uh, that, that production is going to happen and they're going to find, find someone to get the ball to. And I, I do agree that Jojo Earl's the, the, the most talented wide receiver there and the, the most likely uh, benefactor. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, that, that system fit, that scheme fit and finding the right role is definitely huge in CFF. And I, I think I was able to pick him up in the 23rd round not too long ago, a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm here for it, man. No, that's awesome. Uh, and, you know, the TCU does lose its its offensive coordinator, but this is, uh, like you've said, you know, this is Sonny Dykes' team, Sonny Dykes' offense. This isn't uh, a scenario where it's a brand new offensive coordinator coming in with, you know, a, a ton of unknowns on what it's going to look like. Uh, we, I think fairly reliably can, can guess what this offense is going to look like this year. Yeah, most definitely. Um, awesome. I'm going to share my, my first guy here. Uh, I've, it's someone I've been talking about on Twitter, so it should come as no surprise to anyone uh, who, who does follow me, but Chimere DK, uh, the wide receiver for Wisconsin, um, you know, Everyone's aware of uh, their their new offensive coordinator, uh, Longo. He was the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss uh, when they had uh, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, uh, and then most recently the the offensive coordinator at, at UNC where, you know, we've seen Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, Josh Downs all, all put up absolutely absurdly productive seasons. Uh, so – Right away, we know that that offense, someone is going to be uh, having a great season. Uh, it's a question of who, and I think that DK is uh, by far the most likely of the, the people who've been super productive for Longo. Uh, the vast majority of them have played in the slot, and uh, this this last season for Wisconsin, uh, DK lined up in the slot about 80% of the time, uh, you know, even even though it's Wisconsin and they're hardly running three wide receiver sets as many as as often as some teams, uh, he was still uh, lined up in the slot for 232 snaps. So uh, a definite solid amount and by far the most uh, of the returning wide receivers on the team. Uh, he led the team in yards per route run uh, and was sixth in the Big Ten. 
Uh, and, you know, he led the whole team in all, all your standard counting stats, targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns. Uh, he's had glowing reports so far this spring uh, about his, his chemistry with Mordecai. Uh, he's, you know, making absurd catches. Uh, his main competition uh, – Seems to really be, you know, C.J. Williams, who's a highly rated recruit, but he was a, wor- a year one zero. He, he does seem to be impressing in camp, but I'm not overly concerned about uh, Williams being, uh, you know, the the wide receiver one there. Uh, Skylar Bell uh, is another one that people keep tabbing as someone who they think could ascend and uh and, and take that Longo wide receiver one slot. Uh, but Bell was rated way worse than uh, DK by PFF last year. I know that's not the be all end all, but uh, I, I also don't think it's nothing. Uh, also bell primarily lined up outside uh, way worse yards per route run. Uh, I, I think DK is a, a, a far better receiver uh, than Skylar bell. Uh, the the main con I've been seeing so far, despite the rave reviews about DK uh, from from you know beat writers and the coaching staff alike, uh, it does seem to be Will Pauling uh, of all people seems to be getting the the bulk of the first team work out of the slot. So if if Pauling is who ends up the slot receiver there, uh, he's definitely a name to know. I don't think that you know necessarily means DK is toast. Uh, Deami Brown didn't play in the in the slot and he had uh, two very productive uh, seasons in this offense. Uh, but Shimray DK, write it down. Uh, he, he, he is, uh, he's got my stamp of approval. He's my boy this year. Man, DK cost me some money playing uh, daily fantasy last year. He, uh, <laughs> he had some blow up spots with uh, gosh, probably about three quarters of the way through, through the season after, after they got rid of, uh, Oh, can't lost lost the name. Their their last head coach. Once they they fired him, seemed like uh, Leonard definitely pedaled to the metal and started throwing the ball around and, and getting a little uh, getting a little high tech with that offense. But he uh, he he definitely vultured a few um, Braylon Allen touchdowns for me, and I, I was <laughs> not a fan. But I mean, DK. He he came onto the scene last year and he he showed up and I think that that's a really you know smart call. I don't know what to think of this offense. Uh, I, I just get you know smoke screens galore from beat writers and what what they're gonna do. Um, the other day I think I read that they were go, going to very uh, heavily involve their tight ends this year in the passing game, and I mean that's just what everybody would want to see. <laughs> I think you know between between the guys that are there, DK and Williams definitely have the highest ceiling. So when you're you know twenty twenty deep into your uh, your best balls here, those are the kind of guys you want to see. You want you want the guy with the potential, and um, you know Mordecai being there, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with him and, and him being in a new system, but it got to be exciting if you're a uh, Badger fan. Where where do you think Mordecai fits in in the the Big Ten high quarterback hierarchy? I, I mean, he comes in, I think, already a top three, maybe top four quarterback in the in the conference. Uh, uh, that's that's tough. I I'm a, a little bit uh, bearish on Mordecai this season, to be honest. Um, I 
wonder how much was Mordecai and how much was, you know, that SMU system with Lashley and Dykes before that. Um, I think he's, he's definitely a step up from anything Wisconsin's had recently, which is the important part. I mean, Big Ten West, you just have to be competent to, uh, to make your way through there. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd say he's probably, he's a top five Big Ten quarterback. If you're doing it just from talent and not from fantasy, I mean, you gotta you gotta give two to Ohio State with Brown and uh, McCord. Yeah, we'll say starting quarterback, <laughs> so they can only get one. Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd think McCord over or Brown over uh, Mordecai is fair. Yeah. I'd put uh, you know your boy uh, Alar um, up there yeah. as well. Um, but after that, you know, it, it's more questions than it is answers in in the Big Ten for sure. quarterback play uh and 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 for uh, offensive coordinators too i mean i know that uh we've seen yeah. uh previously prolific offensive coordinators go to the big 10 and not have that same success because it you know just seems to be a a pound and grind and slug fest kind of league but uh yeah i i don't know i i'm, I'm betting on it maybe maybe that's why there's what they're so cheap currently but uh i yeah, you I, get I these you get these offensive gurus in there and they, they struggle. And meanwhile, Brett Bielema is pounding the ball, you know, six times <laughs> and just burying people. So whatever. Right. I, <laughs> right. I'm with you there. <laughs> so you want to uh, line us up with your, with your second name here? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, next up, I went with Chase Roberts uh, from BYU. Um, he's a guy who's, been getting you know some strong drum beats steady drum beats in uh the spring reports um that he is the most impressive guy in camp right now um last season you know he had a very spotty performance um i think he was dealing with some injuries meanwhile you had you know gunner romney and puka nasua also dealing with injuries um so it was it was a piecemeal uh offense last year from byu but um, you know, he, he stepped up, he, I think he had three games where he, uh, was really featured. And in those games, he went over 60 yards in each of them, uh, week two against Baylor. He had a, an eight for 122 and one touchdown stat line, which, uh, you know, against, against a Baylor defense, I think that shows that he's got the ability to, uh, do well in the big 12 this year. So, um, I, I'm really excited about him. Uh, you know, the reason why he's going low is one, there's not a whole lot of um, security or uh, a lot of confidence in picking any of those guys. You got Keanu Hill and Cody Epps both um, in the mix for that wide receiver one role. Um, Keaton Slovis, uh, need I say more? I mean, he likely won't be able to support multiple wide receivers. So. That's going to be uh, a liability moving forward. I know there's even some people that are already saying, you know, Slovis may not have as firm of a grasp on that spot as as some people think. So uh, it'll be interesting watching him. Uh, he's got that small sample size so far, but um, that the the other idea is that maybe BYU goes more run heavy. Um, you know, they are coming off you know three or four seasons going from Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall and these guys who have a whole lot of experience and uh you know say what you will about zach wilson's nfl career he had a whole lot of talent in uh in his time in provo so 
I could see with the drop off in quarterback that they decide that they want to, you know, ground a pound with Aiden Robbins and uh, some of the guys they have there. So. I, I, I love uh, Aiden Robbins, big fan, fan of his, excited to see him actually succeed as a transfer, unlike uh, uh, last year, who, who was it, Chris, uh, the, the oh, cow yeah. guy, I forget, his, yeah. his, Chris Brooks, uh, unlike Chris yeah, Brooks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, lo- love the, the Roberts hype, uh, I think that you're right that there uh it does seem to be a, a consistent drum beat coming out of camp and uh, i've seen a, a few people uh mention you know as a general rule of thumb uh lately and I, I forget who it was explicitly so sorry for not giving you your props there but uh you know one what one one big spring report or or camp report uh is is largely you know ignorable or or uh could be treated as a flash in the pan but when you hear that consistent drumbeat and it's it's coming every day uh and it's you know a, a wide receiver room like you said it's already wide open i think cody epps was kind of uh assumed to be the heir apparent to uh puka nakua but uh uh I, I, it's still a wide open wide receiver room. And yeah, the, 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 the noise is there. The smoke is there when there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I think Chase Roberts uh, seems to be that guy. And we've definitely seen uh, wide receivers thrive in that system uh, in the past. Uh, I, I think yeah. he's a great, a great shout out. Yeah. I mean, his, he's got that explosiveness that you really look for the just the the gravy on top of of BYU and their their wide receiver one is they usually if they've got the speedy guy they like to get them the ball in the running game as well with reverses and uh some different uh double passes things like that so I'm I'm really bullish on whichever uh wide receiver we get that that emerges there um if I had to take a stab on it now it'd be it'd be Robert so great stuff uh yeah, I think for I'm ready to dive into my second guy. He's a, a name who <laughs> good. I hope so. He's he's a he's near and dear to me. I've been tweeting about him for years, so uh, hopefully this is finally the one. Uh, but Dante Wright uh, from originally from Colorado State, he just transferred into Temple. Uh, he had 800 yards as a true freshman in, uh, frankly, a loaded Colorado State wide receiver room. They had, you know, five, former five-star Nate Craig Myers and uh, eventual NFL practice squatter uh, Warren Jackson uh, back in 2019. And, you know, as a two, true freshman, still amassed over 800 yards. And, you know, similar to how BYU uses wide receivers, they got him involved all over the field, uh, had him in the kick return game. Uh, you know, he was just someone they tried to scheme the ball, which is you know, super encouraging uh, for, for someone who was a freshman. Next year is the COVID year. They only play three games. He averages over 100 yards a game each one. But, you know, you look back at his stats and it says he only had 300 yards that year. So you think maybe he started sucking. Uh, but he actually was really good. Uh, and that's under 20, Adazio, wasn't it? And that is under Adazio. 2021 <laughs> is... under him, man. Whew. Exactly. I, I, I still want, I, I, so then 2021, he was hurt. Uh, and Adazio, you know, also only threw the ball to, to Trey McBride and uh, nobody else, uh, no matter what. Uh, 
and you know that that wasn't great for him uh i thought jay norvell coming was going to be a godsend but for whatever reason they did not mesh and uh he never saw the field uh i think he wanted to preserve his his final year of eligibility so he didn't suit up and you know had just planned on transferring uh so he lands it at temple uh Jose Barbin is gone. He had over 900 yards and 70 catches last year. Uh, EJ Warner, the quarterback, uh, you know, son of, of Kurt Warner, uh, was a, a, a true freshman last year. His last seven games were all over 35 passes. Two of them were uh, 60 or more. Uh, they they like to sling the rock with him. Uh, the, the, the wide receiver room's open. Dante Wright is by far the most talented wide receiver that Temple has had in the, you know, the last three or four years. Uh, I, I think wheels up for, for Dante Wright. I think he's, for, for whatever reason, an afterthought in CFF drafts. I don't know if everyone just has Dante Wright fatigue or, uh, uh, you know, thought that maybe there's something to him not catching on uh, with Jay Norvell last year, but the the proof's in the pudding. He's he's done it before. He's going somewhere where they like to throw it. I, 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 I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it makes sense last week too. I mean, I was firmly on that, that Clay Millen, Dante Wright, Torrey Horton connection thinking, man, they're just going to, they're going to throw the ball all over the yard. I was disappointed. I, I was overexposed to Dante Wright last year. So I, I understand the hesitation for sure. Um, the overcorrection? Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely an overcorrection. By, by the way, I am back fully endorsing them again this year, by the way. I think, you know, that uh, that Norvell system, going from Adazio to the air raid, I mean, the offensive line was just atrocious last year. Millen was fighting for his life every snap. Yeah, he was um, on his so back ninety percent of the games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I get it, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do. But Dante Wright going to Temple, uh, it just seems like a uh, an under the radar move. Um, you know, I don't know if people are kind of scared off by the fact that Temple has been so bad for a few years now um you know since basically since um oh gosh names are just flying flying out of my mind today uh nebraska's new head coach that was at baylor for a while rule yeah uh ever since rule left uh it seems like temple just hadn't been able to get it together but with ej warner last year uh, really coming on about a quarter halfway through the year I mean, they they put it together and they started to show some real flashes. And I I I can't get enough of Dante Wright this year. I think he is great. I think he's a kind of guy that, much like uh, one of the guys here that I've got left to talk about, I think um, from not being a household name last year, I think they're just going under the radar. And I think that ADP is going to really start to rise in the next few months. And one, uh, you know, maybe it's a bad thing that he didn't play at all last year and wasn't hurt. But at the same time, it's not like you have the the X factor of how is he healed and, uh, you know, how is he recovering, you know, from from an injury. Uh, So hopefully he's well rested and uh, can come in and do some work. I I have been looking out and have not seen any uh, camp hype uh, about him, but haven't seen any for any Temple uh, practices or yeah. wide receivers. Uh, 
so far yet. It, it does seem like he's made it on campus. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a, a positive sign. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely a, a situation I'll monitor going forward. I think we, you know, are probably yeah. past the, the looking at things on paper and uh, more in the, you know, okay, they should be on campus and we should be hearing they're, you know, gelling and yeah. doing well and on the same page as the quarterback and all that. Uh, so if that doesn't come soon, then I'll, I'll maybe get my hackles up. But in the meantime, I'm, 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 I'm wallowing in it. I'm basking. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ba- bathing he, in Dante Wright. He avoided the, uh, the Taj Harris situation. He actually got on campus and <laughs> right. enrolled. So we're, we're good. Uh, <laughs> that's more than can be said. I, I spent about 20 minutes this morning, uh, going over some Corey Gamage uh, stats and, and trying to pull some stuff. Cause I was so excited going to Memphis only to, to go back and find a tweet from like two months ago saying, Oh, he never actually got on campus. I was like, damn it. That's <laughs> no. a Taj Harris situation, man. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, how that plays out for uh, Dante Wright, but definitely wheels up, man. Awesome. Well, bring us, bring us home with your, your third guy here, my man. For sure. So, uh, Trayvon Rudolph of Northern Illinois. It's a name that should be familiar if you know you were paying attention to two years ago. Um, he was a, an early camp casualty last year, uh, going down with a knee injury before the season started. Honestly, pretty early in the summer, I feel like he went down, and and um, you know, it's I, I assume it's an ACL or, or something there, but they just going with a non-contact knee injury, not entirely sure what the extent of the injury was but um you know in, in 2021 he put up 51 catches for 892 yards and seven touchdowns through the air uh, while also getting 113 rushing yards on eight carries and scoring a touchdown on the ground not sure if that was a screen or you know you know a backwards pass or anything like that or how creative they're getting uh for, for northern illinois but uh, he played with Rocky Lombardi that season. Lombardi's still there, same head coach, same offensive coordinator. Um, they didn't bring anybody in. Uh, no new transfers, really. Um, no, really no emergence of anybody last year in that uh, Northern Illinois offense. So I'm, I'm very much interested in Trayvon Rudolph. He was essentially free um, a few weeks ago, as of probably two weeks ago. I've, I've seen him go in the last second to last round and some 30 round best balls. So um, very legitimate opportunity for him to go, you know, a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns this year. Uh, the biggest hesitation, you know, apart from the injury concern and getting that confidence back on the field is just the fact that he's playing in Northern Illinois and, you know, matching in October and November, those games get cold. Coaches to love to run the ball when it's cold, cold weather games, it seems. So uh, we'll see how, how that plays out, but, He's the kind of guy that, I, you know, I have zero hesitation pulling the trigger on somebody like him after round 20 because he's he's a game changer. He's electric from what we saw two years ago. Absolutely. I, I love Trayvon Rudolph. Uh, one of my favorites. Unfortunately, he did not. Uh, he, he went down fairly early in the summer, but not before I uh, had drafted him in, you know, just about every best ball league I was Same. in up until that point. <laughs> yeah. So. That 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 was less than fun. Uh, I think, if I recall correctly, he had a 300 yard game as a as a freshman. Uh, I think yeah. that uh, hit like you know 
that was the same year that Xavier Worthy went nuts. And outside of Xavier Worthy, I think he was, you know, far and away the most productive uh, freshman receiver that year in the entire country. Uh, yeah. lo- love Trayvon Rudolph. I, I he, like you said, he's just uh, an electric player. Uh, and I, I think sky's the limit. And I think, yeah, he's maybe skating by under the radar just because, you know, people forget about him after, uh, after he sat out, like, you know, more than the entire year last year. Uh, so I, I think as soon as, you know, camp buzz starts really picking up and, and, and yeah. we get closer and closer to the season, I, I think we're looking at, at, at Rudolph being a, a, a mid-round draft pick at, at worst. I think, right, he's, he's in my opinion, like, you know, the quintessential early value. I think he's going to sure. continue to rise uh, as, as, as news comes out and, uh uh, you know, get him, get him now while you can. For sure. He is the kind of guy who you want to join best balls early because of, because you want to make sure that you get some exposure to him before I saw uh, probably about a week ago, Chris Moxley had tweeted about him and I was like, damn it. You know, got to <laughs> remind these people of, uh, of all these great values out there. But Trayvon yeah, Rudolph definitely <laughs> All it takes is what one tweet from you, you campus to Canton.com or sometimes and the, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Man, the funniest thing is when you're on, you're, you're in this, I'm, I'm doing a few startups for C2Cs right now. And it's always so funny because I'll, I'll throw a podcast on and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be listening through it. And then I go, I go to my draft board to see, you know, where this guy is and he was taking like one pick ahead of me because somebody else was <laughs> a few minutes before me like man of course. really driving the adp on some guys there, but right <laughs> absolutely no that is awesome uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll bring us home here and wrap us up with uh with my third guy uh and he's someone i'm very excited about uh jalen noel uh wide receiver for for iowa state cyclones uh you know the past I think Matt Campbell's been there since uh, I think 2016. Uh, the the worst wide receiver one season uh, that that offense has produced uh, was you know 76 uh, catches for for 900 yards. Uh, so that that's a, a, a fantastic wide receiver one floor. Uh, we there already is a ton of camp hype and 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 you know beat reporters glowing about. Uh, you know, Noel's work ethic, his expanded role with the team, him stepping into a leadership role with Xavier Hutchinson gone. Uh, you know, last year he 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 had 85 targets, uh, 60 catches, almost 600 yards. So he's he's already been productive in the Big 12. Uh, he he did primarily play in the slot and I, 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 uh, the Matt Campbell offense does tend to favor the outside receivers, but we, we saw, you know, Hakeem Butler in, in 2017 played primarily in the slot for this offense. And then the next year, uh, when he, you know, he was the one, it was his turn as the wide receiver one. Uh, he, he played outside almost exclusively and, you know, had an incredible season. Uh, I think that Jalen Knowles absolutely capable of playing uh, both places. They, they already do try and get him involved all over the, uh, over the field and in motion and, uh, and you know, in, in different packages. Uh, I think that he's the, the piece to own in this offense. I think, you know, it, it, uh, 
with Dante Wright, I think that EJ Warner is going to take a leap this year from his freshman year, which, uh, you know, is to his benefit. Uh, I don't think Deckers has the same leap in him per se, but I do like him to take a step and, uh, you know, become a little bit more efficient uh, going forward. That offense has had a, a floor of over 3,000 yards every year for the last uh six six years uh and you know including last year with decker when he finished uh qb 60 i believe so right right middle of the road uh for for fantasy purposes for decker but i, I like him to improve on that a little bit uh not a ton but i i think that uh the you know decker finishing qb 60 and still uh being able to support the the season that we saw from xavier hutchinson should be you know very encouraging uh for for Jalen Noel. And I, I, I think that the, the ceiling is there. It may be, uh, you know, about 90% or a, you know, maybe 85% of what Hutchinson was able to achieve. But I, I, I think that, uh, that he's probably the fourth best uh, wide receiver one they've had in that, in that system the last few years. And I, I think he'll produce accordingly. Man, I love this, not Jalen Noel, but, uh, I love the fact that you like him because we're in so many leagues together. He's he's the one guy on your list that I I still need to be sold more on him. I, no. I, yeah, I I don't think that uh, I don't think that he's going to have quite the same impact. I liken it to the Parker Washington situation last year uh, at Penn State. I'm a Penn State guy, so that's that's the frame of reference that I have. I think he's a guy who is solid in the slot. I think he's really um, a, a good, uh, you know, um, perimeter guy, or um, not perimeter guy, but a good secondary guy um, in an offense, um, not necessarily being the wide receiver one. Um, I, the argument that you make, though, is, is a good one with the floor of that, that wide receiver one, whoever it is in that offense. Um, that has me kind of on the fence a little bit, but the difference that I see between guys like Hakeem Butler and uh, you know, Xavier Hutchinson is just size. Um, I think in that offense, especially if Decker doesn't improve in his game, I think that you need a bigger body contested catch guy to be that that alpha in the room for Iowa State. Um, and I don't think Noel is that guy. Um, if I, I I was looking it up while you were talking, I'm pretty sure it said he was 5'11", uh, about 175. That was his what he came into to Iowa State as when he got to aim. So he may have put on a little bit more weight there, but I'm I'm hesitant to pull the trigger. He's you know he's not expensive at this point, so that that's a plus. And and this is the kind of guy who you want to look for. We talk about scheme and we talk about vacated production. Um, so I, I I have those points there and I, I like that, but I'm not confident enough and I'm more confident in some other guys around that value um than going on mole. I, I I appreciate the honesty. You you had me there in the first half with the I love this. And then you <laughs> you bought me crashing down. That was that was messed up, man. But uh, uh yeah. So I mean the 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 person who did get the 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 floor, I'm trying to bring up his his size. Eh, I guess he's uh, oh never mind, that's Jarrell Brock. I I misclicked. But the the person who had the 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 worst wide receiver one season uh under Matt Campbell. Why is my computer freezing now? Uh but it was like Desha- Deshante Jones uh who, you know, okay. 
basically a, a nobody. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I got to think that if he's able to, uh, you know, still have the success that he was ha- able to find uh, that, that, that Noel should as well. But I, I can appreciate uh, the, the other opinion, uh, even if it's wrong. Man, that's, that's totally fair. And that's why I love <laughs> Campus of Canton and why, you know, it's tough being in, in leagues with, with sharp guys like yourself because you don't have that differing of opinion very often on, on some guys like that. And honestly, I think he's probably uh, going to outproduce the, the draft capital that he's at right now, uh, that his ADP. Um, he'll likely out, outproduce that just with what you're talking about with the floor. But um, as we know, as, as more buzz starts to come out about these guys, it seems like all of these guys start to rise because we, we get the guys who are clearly struggling in camp. Um, and I, I don't know what my limit is per se, but I'm struggling to, to get any higher uh, with his ADP. Uh, I, I'm, I, I can vibe with that. I, I can vibe with that. Uh, very well said. Uh, I think we have a, a little bit of bonus content for you guys as well. Uh, maybe <laughs> wanted to touch on uh, a few a few situations that you know we're currently not seeing any wide receivers getting drafted. Well, at least with the, the two I have. But uh, looking at situations to monitor going forward uh, where, you know, a potential name could pop up uh, that we want to be on quickly as opposed to, you know, reacting slowly uh, because there, I think will be a value from all these groups that we're about to talk about. uh, But it's not entirely clear who it will be. And uh, you know, being quick to pounce when it, when it does become available will be, you know, key to your success. Uh, But I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off and uh, just mention that the the Auburn uh, uh, wide receiver room is, is one that I'm I'm actively uh, keeping tabs on. I don't think that anyone is 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 draftable right now. Uh, I think uh, it's it's Phil Montgomery is the 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 offensive coordinator. He's the head coach uh, of of Tulsa the last few years. Uh, they're wide receiver one uh, for the last like you know, five or six years is, is, you know, been over a thousand yards and over eight touchdowns uh, every year. I think just about, uh, you know, many of those were, were Keelan Stokes, but uh, a good chunk of them weren't as well uh, and were other players too. Uh, I think that uh, everyone's sleeping on, on the, the Auburn wide receiver room. And I, I think that whoever does emerge from that, uh, that cluster uh, will, will, We'll have a chance to provide a significant return uh, in value. Uh, what? 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 Is there anyone that you're aware of in in that room that you like? I think I like. If I had to, you know, gun to my head right now, I'd probably pick Coy Moore. I, I think he's the the ex LSU Tiger. Uh, I think you know I liked him coming out of out of high school. He seems talented, uh, but you know, largely I don't have a, a specific guy that I am hoping gets it or, or think will 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 be the the number one but i i do want whoever it ends up being uh do you, do you have any input or or insight on the the auburn wide receiver room man i usually i avoid uh those murky you know sec rooms uh that don't have a clear standout just because everybody 
everybody on the roster has got some some talent. Uh, you know, Corey Moore is a, is a guy who I uh, did like um, his, when he was at LSU. Um, my my hangup isn't with the talent in that room, to be honest. My hangup is the talent of the quarterback at this point. But uh, we're all watching that that quarterback spot for some sort of spring transfer, perhaps to come in. Um, so you could see a huge uh, just rocket ship in their value um, if we do get some uh, noticeable uh, difference maker who, who transfers in. Yeah, I'll, I'll honestly be surprised uh, if we don't don't see uh, an improvement. Uh, I, I, I think you know at, it should be Ashford if 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 they don't bring anyone in, right? I think he's you know not an amazing passer by any stretch, but I, I think he could, uh, you know, support a wide receiver three, you know, a top 36 wide receiver in, 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 in college fantasy quite possibly uh, just given the way that, uh, that Phil Montgomery tends to pepper his, his wide receiver one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, they, it is a murky situation. Uh, we don't know exactly what the offense is going to look like uh, for sure. You know, will will it be all uh, Montgomery or uh, you know, uh, will will Freeze uh, have have his input? Uh, you know, almost certainly. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what what that how that shakes out and what that looks like. Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I, as far as murky sec wide receiver rooms go i i think that's the the creme de la creme uh and would be you know the the one that i want a piece of it you know yeah not maybe not more than uh than uh you know like kentucky they're murky in a different respect uh yeah. but but i you know compared to uh you know say um drawing a blank on a, another good example, but uh, you know, even Florida, a Andy Jean seems to be showing out, but I, other than him, I, I, I don't know who I'd want at Florida and I, I don't necessarily yeah. trust their system to produce any great wide receiver play either. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I think as far as murky receiver rooms go in the conference, it, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What, what about you? Give us a situation that you're monitoring. Yeah, uh, I, this is one of those murky for a different situation or a different reason uh, options here. But SMU's uh, wide receiver room, I know, um, you know, Matt Bruning has been doing a great job with the spring reporting um, and his his YouTube videos and podcasts uh, of Rankin's Kenton. Um, early on, I think one of the first names that he had mentioned a few weeks ago was Jackson Lavender, a freshman who is really showing out uh, at SMU. Um, getting some huge praise uh, from the coaching staff. Um, I know uh, Curley also over there is somebody who Jordan Curley has been getting some um, some strong praise through the spring as well of a, a veteran presence that um, you know is is connecting. But Preston Stone, uh, another guy who's you know just wheels up for that whole offense. I think he is. Um, more than competent, and I think he's going to really enhance the way that this offense uh, is able to move the ball. Um, the the main thing that makes this situation so murky is that uh, Dylan Goffney and Jake Bailey are out for the spring. Um, so we're hearing these names, and we're, we're saying, okay, these guys are, are some names to watch. But I honestly think Dylan Goffney is going to be the wide receiver one uh, from that room. Um, the only thing is, you know, I have nothing to back that up other than 
I felt like he was the guy who kind of had strong rapport with Preston Stone last year um, and is a developing talent that could step into the Rishi Rice role. Um, I think Curley is a great peripheral option um, and a, a great piece on that offense. And, you know, late in the year, I feel like Mordecai, when Rice was dealing with injury, Mordecai did lean on Curley quite a bit. Um, but Dylan Goffney, I, I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with another year in that system and developing some rapport with Preston Stone. That's awesome. Yeah, Curley's been going quite high, I think, in the first 10 rounds. Uh in best ball drafts so uh you know there's definitely some risk there but you know the upside is huge in uh you know if you have a, a, a rasheed rice like season or you know uh who was it before him reggie roberson or uh yeah. you know who, who, who i think and i think lashley was the the oc uh back when uh roberson yeah, Portland was Sutton. there yeah before, Sutton him. before him yeah and i think lashley was there for him too uh and uh yeah, it, I think it is wide open. I, I would rather take shots on Goffney than pay up for Curly. Uh, I I'm gonna throw another name at you. How do you feel about R.J. Maryland and how he fits into the situation? Oh man, uh, fun fact about the uh, the um, freshman supplemental guide that Campus Can just launched. I got the privilege of writing up R.J. Maryland for our uh, supplemental uh, piece, and I have been. He's one of those guys who I am viscerally upset when I don't get in, in my drafts. Uh, Damn, I think he's he, climbing. <laughs> oh, he is. He is going to be, you know, I think he's going to be a top 10 tight end easy in this, this offense. Um, he just has the ability near the red zone. Like he gives me these, these Kyle Pitts vibes in the red zone. Like he just has the ability to be an athletic difference maker who's a big body who can come down with it i i i love him i love our jimmy so i'll uh, i'll guess about him all day long <laughs> awesome I'm, I'm there with you kid is supremely talented you know he absolutely flashed uh last year on numerous occasions and uh yeah i think he's a a, a star in the making absolutely uh I'm going to wrap up my last uh, situation that I'm, you know, currently monitoring, uh, and that's the, the the Fresno State wide receiver room. We talk about vacated production, and you know, you 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 lose a a, a Jalen uh, is it Moreno Cropper Cropper Moreno? I, I forgot what he which way he changed it, yeah. but I think it's Moreno Cropper. Uh, yeah. Nick Remigio's gone. Uh, they they had a third wide receiver whose name. Uh, uh, eludes me now but he's also gone i'll mention him in a second (laughs) (laughs) okay awesome um so that that wide receiver room is wide open uh they they bring in mostly freshmen uh there's someone that jake hayner who uh started to hype up uh during his uh draft process interviews uh Josiah Freeman, he was a, a Juco yeah. transfer last year coming in. Uh, he seems to be the, the most obvious choice of uh, heir apparent. Uh, but they have another Juco wide receiver coming in uh, this year who I really like and I think has every chance of uh, of running away with the, the number one spot there. And that's Tim Greer. Uh, he, he's, he's a really talented guy. And uh, it, it 
I think it's a you know wide open wide receiver room, and it's just going to be interesting to see who's able to emerge and uh, if they're you know able to even come close to to replicating you know what 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 Proper was able to do the last couple of years. Yeah, I uh, I was a little late to the the party in in doing my research on on Fresno and came across that uh, that Freeman nugget and. I've been running with it as, as best I can. So I'm excited to see what, uh, what they do uh, there. Um, you know, it, that offense just seems like they're consistently able to produce and, and bring in new guys and just keep it going. Uh, very excited as well for Mikey Keene, uh, the quarterback there. Um, transferring Me to too. UCF, so. He, you know, he's not, uh, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a, a top 20 CFF kind of guy but he you know ryan o'keefe uh succeeded with him under center uh i i think that he's you know more than adept and uh more than capable of, of at least helping produce a, a a useful wide receiver season even if yeah. he has no business in starting lineups yeah i mean mikey Keene, he's the kind of guy who you can draft late in drafts and you can get you know, he's a great bye week fill in. Uh, he'll he'll be in the quarterback three conversation likely with uh, with the production. I'm a little worried about him getting a new system under his belt and and learning that. But he was he was a square peg in a round hole uh, with Malzahn. So I'm excited right. to see him get a chance to to learn a system and make it his own. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that 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 is awesome. Uh, what what have you got? Uh, what one final situation that you're monitoring? One Bring last. us home. One last. So you were talking about Fresno State wide receivers, and and we got one who transferred in here to Washington State. So ah. Washington State <laughs> brings in Kyle Williams from UNLV, Isaiah Hamilton from San Jose State, and Josh Kelly is that uh, Kelly receiver. Kelly. And Kelly <laughs> Kelly, he was my boy two years ago. He he really put up some great numbers. Uh, his production dipped last year after bringing in Remigio. He he just wasn't a factor in that offense in, in the same way. So um, I feel like you know maybe he's on the odds with the staffing there, or you know bringing in Tedford again. Maybe he didn't jive with him the same way that uh, that he did uh, with the previous staff, but. Um, all of the buzz right now in camp has really been, I think Washington State just had their spring game, and DT Sheffield uh, is the new receiver there that is getting all of the hype. Um, head coach Jig Dicker uh, gave him a comparison to Renard Bell, uh, who's been the, the explosive do-it-all wide receiver that, that they lost last year. Um, but him and, and Lincoln Victor are the two that really shined in that spring game. Um, so that's that's interesting. Again, though, then the reason why I'm hesitant and why it's, it's murky is that Washington State, all of those transfers that I mentioned, none of them are, are able to get going in the spring here. So um, all of them are dealing with some either injuries or maybe some academic reasons that have kept them from uh, getting involved in spring ball. Um, not 100% sure on the whys for all of those. Um, but they're quality G5 receivers who are transferring in. Um, obviously, with Ben Arbuckle there now, uh, that is a, 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 a room that we want access to. Um, we want somebody in that room um, 
And right now, I mean, Sheffield, like I said, Sheffield and Victor seem like the two that are really getting the hype right now. But um, I will be very closely monitoring those transfers this fall to see if one of them can emerge as uh, a competent wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Yeah, I think it's a great shout, a great room worth keeping tabs on. Uh, and yeah, it should be wide open. Uh, Stribling's gone. Uh, Bell's graduated. I think finally, as as you said. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's wide open. I think that the the system is there that works. You know, we saw uh, saw the numbers that they've been able to put up at uh, at, at, at in, Incarnate Word, uh, Incarnate Word rather, uh, and. Yeah, I I'm excited to see what happens. There, you know, there's maybe a little bit more of a learning curve or uh, a buffer zone or a you know adapt adaptation period or whatever whatever you want to call it, where the offense yeah. maybe didn't take off the same way that I, I was hoping they would right out of the gates. But uh, I, I'm I'm back at the well. I'm I'm here to 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 drink again and drink the Kool Aid and get hype. Uh, I think that it's a room worth worth monitoring and worth knowing for sure. Yeah, man, it's it'll be interesting, and I mean they do have a little bit of a change because that that incarnate ward coach is now uh, at uh, North Texas, I believe, and so uh, they Kenny, still got right? Oh yeah, Kenny yeah. is gone. You're right. Okay, so wait, uh, no, I thought that it was the other incarnate ward coach that was after the uh, the Washington State guy. No. Uh. Our buckle is the uh, the replacement coordinator. for uh, oh I can't coach names are just missing me today. Uh, but from Western Kentucky, um, he was the guy who replaced um, Texas Tech's offensive coordinator now. Yeah, um, Kitley or whatever. Kitley, or there we go. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so we'll we'll see how it how it all plays out. I mean, so many of these guys, the fact that we're struggling to keep our, our, our name sorted on these, these high flying offenses is a great thing because it means there's plenty of them coming in and, and taking off. So um, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see how, how all of them play out uh, this, this spring and this fall. You, you're too kind uh, saving me the embarrassment there, but uh, nah, yeah, well, <laughs> we've, uh, I appreciate you coming on so much, Ethan. Uh, is there, you know, obviously we got the, the, the CFF guide coming out. Uh, we'd love to have you back if you want to, you know, we're going to do other, yeah, other, other position groups uh, going forward. And, you know, you're, you're welcome to come, come aboard for that. We'd love to have you uh, for, for everyone listening. He's at Ethan Sowers uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Debbie Jake. Uh, please, please subscribe, follow, like, uh, all of the above. We're going to be having some some Devi Dose uh, CFF best ball leagues that we're hosting ourselves. So you know, feel free to reach out to EK, comment on uh, this tweet or this video, uh, reach out to me. Uh, we'd love to have you to get down on it and you know take advantage of some of these sleepers that we just told you about. Ethan, you yeah, got anything I'm, else for us before we sign off? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to jump in a few of those with you guys, and I do want to just say that. You and EK are two of the first guys that I really uh, got to know in the C2C space. Uh, I'm still pretty new with the whole uh, CFF and C2C game. Two years ago was the first uh, the first league that I jumped into, and uh, that was one that I think EK was running, and, and I know you're in. So 
Yeah, you beat me in the championship, and if I started, <laughs> if I started Sky Moore, I would have won. But I benched him for freaking Will Shipley, who still had twenty five points, but Sky Moore had forty something. Ah, uh, man, I hate that. <laughs> it's it's but, been it's been the gateway for me though. I think I was in three three leagues that year, and um, I won two on the college side, and said, "Man, I got to get more of this." I'm in, gosh, I think thirty now. So we're. <laughs> feeding the feeding the addiction there, but uh, just real uh, real happy to be on here. And you know, sorry I missed out on on EK, but you guys are doing great stuff, and I I appreciate you guys. And uh, you're you're a pleasure to uh, to to join and compete against uh, each year. So I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ethan. I hope you have a wonderful night, everyone listening. I hope the same. Uh, yeah, have a good one.